Bonjour. Buongiorno. Oh, here we go, Pierre. Willkommen. Ahoy, Yaksamash. Welcome back to City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Arias, Media Director, and it's good to be back in your office, Mayor. I'm glad you're back, I guess, Mark. Um, that's what that all introduction was all about, your little, your little trip? I guess. Well, you know, it's funny. As I walk back and Walker goes, I'm sorry, were you gone? <laughs> Chris Walker, that would be, the chief of staff. He's a jokester, that guy, like I'm you. Glad you had a good time. It was great. Let's get right into it. We're going to talk about a lot that's been happening in the city in the summer. Usually these are the dog days of summer for a lot of businesses, and but not for us. A lot happening right now. I thought it would be good to bring this up because I see this issue on social media. You see some of these issues sometimes get away from us, and, and it's really a positive thing that's happening overall. So we want to talk a little bit about the IHOP in Quincy, and it's been taken over by eminent domain by the city. Talk about what that means, what that's all about, and what's planned for that spot and how long it's been. You know, when I first took office, we developed a master plan for Quincy Center with then Streetworks. Streetworks uh, left town. They couldn't execute. We had to part ways. All that visioning and planning, all those documents became ours. We spent hours and hours and hours on planning for Quincy Center, and we are well along. I mean, people forget that it wasn't that long ago before West of Chestnut was built. One Chestnut Place was built the new apartments on Hancock Street, all the new restaurants. Um, you know, we are well on our way with the renaissance of Quincy Center, but there's more to do. So, yeah, so what's been on the news of late is the, the General's Park area, the General's Bridge, um, McConville Way and Dunford Drive, the formerly Ross Parking Way in the garage area over there. It's always been identified as a location for more garage spaces. So this is really part of the original plan that goes back 15 years. We know that um, as we continue to build out the center, we need to build out spaces. Now, there's a lot of folks in the uh, world of we shouldn't be building any parking spaces. Everyone should be riding a bicycle or driving or taking public transportation. And that all sounds great, but the reality is people still drive their vehicles, and we need to have garages for them, especially if we want to attract people to the downtown. So this is part of that long-term plan. So south of the bridge, that section where the IHOP is, between there and... Uh, is it the pet store on the other side of the Harold Bridge? You know, that, that area and so, the frontage where we had that parking lot, that will, was always planned on being developed, and as part of the development would be a garage. The question was always, how big should the garage be? Yeah. Um, and that, that's, a, that's a question you can argue till uh, forever, I guess, you know, uh, trying to plan out everything and anticipate what's coming and therefore um, come up with the number of spaces we need. So the end of the day... We talked about major garages. We were up to as many as six during the street works days of planning. Uh, we built, obviously, the Kilroy, which has been very well received. That and garage. full most of the time, it's, right? It's at capacity most of the time. Beautiful public space in front of it. It served the restaurants and the downtown extremely well. Well, the other side of the square, this is the next step. So the south of the bridge, we're looking at a garage probably built for six, seven, eight hundred spaces in that vicinity, roughly where the IHOP is, up against the MBTA tracks. Mm. On the front part would be kind of envelope the garage on the south and east part of it with retail and apartments. We're looking at a, not a supermarket, but a food-type market in an urban setting. Yeah, very exciting. That would be well-received, along with other retail uses and, and apartments above. North of the bridge would be another garage, that would serve the new medical office building that's going to be built with Beth Israel. Fox Rock is the developer and owner, and that will bring some added medical 
uses for the residents of the city. That will have a garage on the other side as well. And that will also have some retail on that side of the of the bridge on top of it. That garage is probably about 500 spaces. So, so between the two garages, it should serve well the future of the downtown, both the need, the um, uses I just described, but also as we build out Hancock Street back that backs up to McConville Way, Joey Akari's project's been already approved. That's the seven stories with the two-story a beautiful restaurant. We are taking those two buildings in the middle. It's going to be a park. And then Sam Slade is going to be building the 15-story residential building, again, with restaurants on the first floor. So all of those additional projects, um, Future Performing Arts Center up at the other corner, they will need parking for nighttime use. So the parking garages, which we just described, will serve those facilities during the day, but also... There'll be the nighttime uses there as well. Some people that live in an apartment may want to rent a space. But if you have an event at the Performing Arts Center, you've got to find thousand spaces for, for that mm-hmm. use. So it's all been part of the, the planning that we've been talking about for many years. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Under the law, we work with the, the owner. We work with the, the folks in any establishment and help them relocate. There's very strict laws on how that is all done, and we're following that course. Uh, we'll be back to the city council probably in the fall for the appropriation items, as I've talked about a million times on podcasts and shows, (laughs) for the most part, everything in the downtown has been paid for through the DIF district, district improvement financing, which is the taxes we get out of the new new growth in the downtown. In addition to, we get state monies and federal monies from time to time. So I don't want to uh, certainly exclude that. That's also been very helpful to and us. And that's so, what blows my mind. That can't be mentioned enough. I know you said you talked about it a million times, but this is all coming out of the downtown money. Yeah, I'm, all, of, all the work to date has come out of the, the district improvement financing program in the downtown. And we'll continue to do that along with uh, we're pursuing state grants, federal grants, and whatever other means. I mean, even at some point, if we had to dip into the general fund side to help us build a performing arts center, for example, I think people would support that, Mark. You know, yeah, yeah. These are all things that support the city. These, this was a, a, uh, a city our size is screaming for a cultural-type center, performing arts-type center. Now, you can – there's a million definitions for that, <laughs> but to have a place where people can go – for whether it's a comedy show, whether it's a concert, uh, whatever it may be, that's the missing link in our mm. downtown. And, and um, as you know, you've been working on the committee along with mm. Laurie O'Connell and so many others that we hope to bring that to fruition in the near future. But So those parking facilities will help serve all of those additional uses in the downtown. Yes, we encourage people to drive, get on their bikes. Yes, we encourage people to use public transportation. But in reality, we still have to provide adequate parking. Some of the reasons why people are moving in here, a lot of young couples, and especially into the downtown area, is because of that brain train, because of the MBTA accessibility and the four T stops we have, right? No question about it. That's a big part of it. Uh, a lot of the young people do enjoy um, using public transportation. Not everybody wants a car. Uh, they want a car when they need a car, but for the most part, uh, a lot of those folks are using public transportation. They like the public outdoor spaces, beautiful Hancock Adams Common and the other mini packs we've created. They've, they're enjoying the farmer's market and the nighttime beer garden up at the Kilroy Square area. They're enjoying the beautiful Crane Library just uh, off of Washington Street, right across the street from the square. I mean, there's so many assets within walking distance of the downtown. They are thoroughly enjoying it. So I, I think we'll continue to build on that success going forward. And the many, many events, but let's talk since we're, we're kind of shifting gears into uh, other issues, but 
people do also bring up the fact that there's a lot of traffic because of this stuff. It's not just because of the people who are living here. It's from the 100,000 new Uber drivers that are double parking and picking people up and dropping people off and the Amazon trucks and the UPS trucks. And I mean, that's just all part of it. Look, we're Quincy and I'm proud to be Quincy. Nobody loves the city more than I do. I'm not saying I love it any more than anybody else, but nobody loves it more than I do. (laughs) But in reality, we're part of a metropolitan Boston area. So I don't care where you go certain times of the day. Go to East Milton, go to Braintree, go to Weymouth, uh, go to Hanover in 53. Certain times of the day, the traffic is very, very challenging in this area. We have a lot of cut-through traffic. We have a lot of commuters coming up on 3A all the way through the towns that come up over the Four River Bridge, follow 3A, take the right uh, onto C Street to get out to Quincy Shore Drive to get over the Ponset Bridge. So that's just an example. So we're part of a much bigger metropolitan area that we, we just can't be isolated from, from that, unfortunately. I mean, uh, I can't put a toll bridge up at Four River and charge <laughs> tolls coming in. But in reality, so there's a lot of cut-through traffic, you know, and the, the invention of the apps with waves and everything, you know, people jump off the highway cutting through streets to try to <laughs> save some time getting to Boston or wherever the destination may be. So it, that is reality, and we, we're dealing with it. We are city. We're not a sleepy suburb. There's a lot going on here. Um, so, yes, we do deal with the traffic. We have made tremendous improvements with a lot of intersections. Hancock and East and West Guana, for example, Quincy Shore Drive and C Street and East and West Howard Streets and Quincy Ave and a number of places where we've upgraded intersections and created a better flow both for vehicles and safer for pedestrians. And we'll continue to do that. The next phase of C Street, which is going to go down to Palmer Street, we're just doing the final land-taking issues related to that. And I know that uh, Traffic and, and Parking Department, uh, Eddie Grant and Ellie Rule, they do a tremendous job working at each and every day. So there's no simple solution to that. If we didn't build another building tomorrow, you know, they're building throughout the whole South Shore. So these people are coming up through our city. So I can't limit that under the law. There's, there's no way to limit that in, in that regard. So the flip side is if there was no traffic, we wouldn't have a vibrant community. There'd be nothing here to be attracted to, right? I mean, there's no traffic issues in Detroit. So with success comes traffic, but we are part of a much bigger metropolitan area. I love what you had said to me once back in the day, and it reminded me that when we were young, there was one, maybe two cars in every household. Right. Now there are, what, right. four and five in every yeah, house? as soon as a kid gets his license, he's got, he's got a vehicle, so there's a lot more cars on the streets, no question. Just a completely I mean, growing world. up, I, I still live in the street I grew up in. I remember Gardner was a contracting company, 10-wheel dump trucks, which is huge, used to plow our street because there were no cars on the street. Everybody got their cars in on the driveway on a winter storm because there was only one or two cars in, in a house. Uh, you couldn't get a 10-wheeler down the streets today in good weather, never mind a snowstorm. Yeah. It's it's different. Times have changed dramatically in that regard. Well, also, we, we really plow the streets now. We used to skid hop and hold on to cars while there was still snow on the ground for a while. I never did that. Uh, of course you didn't. Moving on, uh, let's talk a little bit about the financial stability of the city, which has been very promising for the city of Quincy for a, a, quite a while now, especially last year. But let's talk more about where we are financially as a city uh, overall. I think we're in great shape. And I don't say that because I'm an incumbent mayor running for re-election. <laughs> you are? What? But uh, I guess I guess that... I better start campaigning. You can, can do something. You, <laughs> maybe you got me a few votes in Paris. Um, look, in reality, we've been working very hard from day one. When I took office, I got sworn in in 08, and the financial world collapsed. I mean, it was a worldwide recession. 
It was crazy. We had to do a lot of major cutting and, and uh, we had to get real creative. It really tested the metal, quite frankly. And uh, with that, going forward, we've been very careful uh, in our planning, in instituting policies and procedures, and really watching the bottom line. And I know I talk to people all the time. The question comes up about taxes. And there's, if there's this new economic development, why, why taxes go up, et cetera, et cetera. So um, let me first say that we have... Uh, very strong reserves. We have very good liquidity. We have just shy of the top rating in the bond world. Only a few communities have a higher rating. We are envied by many communities because of the economic development side. And let me get into that a little bit because, you know, we're building schools. We're building, rebuilding roads. We're rebuilding our infrastructure. We're building seawalls. Rebuilt our parks and playgrounds. We're fixing our libraries. We're fixing our fire stations. We're building new public safety headquarters. All of these things are being done with the existing tech structure. Most communities, for one of those projects, they would have a proposition to enough override, so you'd be voting to pay more in property taxes to support one project. We're doing all of these things within our existing tax structure. And, by the way, leaving money on the table. So without boring people out there, uh, in reality, there's what's called the tax levy, which is the total levy. That's, that's what we base our taxes on, assessments, is on the total levy. Some's commercial, some's residential, some single residential, some personal property, but it's, all, it's the total tax levy. In none of the law since the early 80s, you're allowed to go up 2.5% a year on the total levy. So most communities around us go up to the max every year. We haven't gone up to the max in a lot of years. We've left somewhere between 250 and 300 million on the table. This year alone, we've left $40 million on the table. In other words, we're not taxing to the max. We don't need to tax to the max because we have this new investment in our city, which is paying for a lot of new infrastructure. Uh, it's added to our, our budgets with, with additional teachers in the school system, just with firefighters and police officers, and all those projects I just described. So it's, it's pretty remarkable. We're extremely healthy, no question financially. And I think in, in most ways we're very, very healthy right now. But certainly financially, we, we created a finance department a few years back and uh, really have been disciplined on how we've structured things, the policies and procedures that the council approved, we follow those. We, uh, we have a, a person dedicated in our office, uh, municipal finance office, that is in charge of all the debt and the capital assets. And he watches daily rates. He has saved us hundreds of thousands by shifting things around, borrowing at the right time when the rates change, drop, etc. I mean, I could go on and on. But uh, we have people that that's what their background is. That's what they do. We've really professionalized the financial side of things in government, which is paid dividends big time. And by choice, I believe, uh, we are probably one of the most audited cities or towns in Massachusetts. Well, they, under the law, you have to have an outside audit every year, and we do that. But we also have extra audits for, for other things, whether it's yeah. uh, hotel tax, uh, raising the money expenditures, whether it's the lease of Grant Links, whether it's the retirement system. There's all these other smaller pieces of it that get separate audits and, and um, no, we, you know, when we get an audit done we with Powers and Sullivan, the early years were a little rougher and they came back with some pretty heavy criticisms and we made the changes and, and adopted what they recommended. So we're, we're in a much better place today than we were when I first took office. Well, that's exciting to hear. I think it was worthy of talking about today. And that also leads if us you, to, if you're not financially stable, Mark, you can't do anything else. 
right? Really, you can't you can't deal with all those challenges that we have if you're not financially financially stable. And every city in town across the land has an increase in taxes every single year. Well, much, certainly right? in Massachusetts, yeah. under the law, cities and towns raise the revenue each year. They have to go up on the taxes to meet the demand of, of providing the services. I mean, it's, you know, energy costs go up. I mean, things go up every year, just like in your home. It happens for the city as well. So uh, it's designed to go up each and every year based on the assessed value of your home. And I can tell you that anyone I've talked to that has sold their home has gotten far more for their home than what the house was valued at. Mm. I also say to people, look, look at what your house was valued 10 years ago. Look at what it's valued today. And now you, the downside is you pay more taxes because it's valued more. But for most people, your home is your largest investment. And when you want to cash in, you want a significant return in your investment. And you're getting that here in Quincy. And that's because of the quality of life that we are providing. And I say we because it's not a one-man show. We have great department heads, managers, my colleagues in government, our, our state delegation. They help us with local aid. City council is attentive to the financial challenges. I mean, it's it's working together, getting this stuff done. And we're in a good place right now. We're in a good place. And that whole discussion on financial stability, along with uh, the new projects that are happening in the downtown area, keeping it along the tracks, as you've always said, leads us to the final discussion we'll have, which is always the funnest because we get to talk about the fun, cool things that make. I was just walking to Starbucks today and noticed the, the little um, flower beds that are all sort of with the chain. What do you call those things with the chains and the gates around them? They're beautiful. Yeah, they're the little right iron posts with chain. Yeah, those the, little on the, things. On the, on the, those little things make this city look so pretty. But it's also one of the reasons why in Boston, uh, the Boston Globe just put out an article on Quincy ranked the 16th best city in the United States for first-time homebuyers when it comes to quality of life. Pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Very impressive. It's I a know, wallet hub study. I don't know much about the uh, the background of it or the data of it, Mark, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, when. You know, I, I went to awake this morning for Mr. Waldron of Squanum, and Ray Waldron, his son, is a firefighter, right, yeah. good people. And uh, Ray's brother, Billy, I had gone to school with. I haven't seen him in a long time. He's living in Houston. And he was just so effusive with the praise. He's, he drove around the city. He couldn't get over how beautiful the city is, the medians, the flowers, how clean the city was. He says, it's far more beautiful than where he's living in Houston. He says, but it's not the city he remembered growing up in. He always loved the city. But he said you brought it to a whole new level. And, um, you know, that's outside set of eyes that hasn't been here in a while. So, yeah, it's beautiful. It's clean. It's safe. Just look at the stats with where that crime. We've got an incredible police department that keeps us safe. I could go on and on. The parks are incredible. It's, it's, it's a special place. The historical assets that we have, the architectural assets that we have, our waterfront. There's so many incredible assets available to us here and they are in a good place they're in good shape and in full disclosure i mean this this is a an independent study from wallet hub's uh, latest rankings one of the things about this is it does talk about the affordability and quincy gets low on the rank but so does every single massachusetts city in town around around boston all of new england as a matter of fact but 16th in the united states we are number one in new england for quality of life from this uh from these rankings that's pretty amazing doesn't happen by accident. A lot of people, as I just just said, work very hard every day to do that. I mean, I look at the the recreation programs, Mark, during the summer. No community does what we do in that regard. We get instructors and staff at the playgrounds. Kids are having a blast on the playgrounds. We have camps for every sport. We've got a sailing program at Blacks Creek, and this is all it's available to families oh, of the city. Yeah. 
It, it really is. And, and you hit the nail on the head, though, too. I think it's really important to remind everybody. This isn't just something that just happens organically. This happened by design, by the, the work that you've mentioned in, in praising many folks that have helped you along the way. But Absolutely. really, this doesn't happen by design. This does happen by design. So, um, And you I, look at things like, you know, the recent championship by the Free Jacks. Oh, the Free Jacks. There's so much talk around that. You run into people and, and they go to the games. They love it. It's a great experience. It's entertaining. Mm. It's a professional sports team right here at Veterans Memorial Stadium. And they won the championship nationally. I was in the city of uh, Prague at the time, or Vienna, I think, watching all of the, the stuff here. And I was wishing that I was home because um, I kept, I was so proud that that was Quincy that had this national championship. And what a great showing that was, huh? It was. I was at the semifinal, which was at the stadium, but then, of course, the finals was in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, when the team returned, we had a nice rally and parade, and uh, people love it. I mean, it's it's another example of another... We're not a sleepy town. We, we are a city, and we have a lot of assets, and uh, we use those assets for the public benefit. The stadium... A lot of kids play football, soccer, lacrosse there, uh, good stuff. But we also have these other programs at the stadium, which bring tremendous value to folks. And, and you know, we, we see people coming in from all parts of the world to see these games. You know, they fill the Marriott. They're eating at our restaurants. In addition to people going down and be able to enjoy it, you know, listen to the band before the game, have a couple of beers, watch the game, have a great time and go home. It's, it's tremendous. Well, I'm really excited, by the way, to close this up. Uh, my girlfriend, Catherine, as you well know, Catherine, uh, is a, an avid pickleball player. She gave me a couple of lessons. I took lessons. I, I loved it. I thought I was laughing it off, but it's a huge sport, and I just saw that the city is looking for space for pickleball courts. Yeah, we're a little behind on that. I mean, we, we are in a great place for all the other sports, but we are definitely behind them. Now, people use oh, yeah. the, tennis the tennis courts, courts. and they stuff, yeah, but dedicated pickleball courts. So I've, I've met with the commissioner, Dave Murphy of Natural Resources, a couple of times, and we are putting together a program. We're going to be building several in the coming year. Not to put you on the spot or anything, but... Uh... Well, we're in that age bracket now, you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. That's a pretty... T- it's, a, it's a pretty good sport. It's a very good sport, and, it's, and a lot of seniors play it. A friend of mine, Pat McEnroe, who's uh, John McEnroe's brother, was talking to me about it. They, they play it. It's a hard game to play. It's not easy, so it's not just for Can't the... Be that out of your Not just for the more mature crowd. <laughs> I, I'm trying to... Anyway. Mayor, thank you very much Thanks, for another Mark. episode of City View with Mayor Tom Koch on Podcast Quincy's City View. All right, we'll see you next time.